now, now, so I'm coming to say everything to change, to change, that warp tool made you open your brain, open your brain, Eric Vanek is here, so remember the name, remember the name, hey, hey, he got the waiver wire for the week, tell you who to start and who to give a seat, dropping the podcast every week, you know the knowledge is elite, after the show we gon' hold a Lombardi, I'm celebrating like we throwing a party, this the blueprint and I know they gon' copy, Cause this is America's game What is up, everybody? Welcome back to America's Game, episode number 28. I am your host, Eric Vanek, and you can find me on Twitter at Eric Vanek NFL. And this week, I am joined by Koopa. Koopa, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm excited to be here, talking quarterbacks, and uh, coming in to do these warp episodes as you go through all the different positions this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, a lot of quarterback warp today. Going to look through a bunch of different leagues and see how warp affected the quarterbacks and kind of what we learned this year uh, about the quarterbacks. But uh, first, just kind of uh, get your thoughts. What do you think about this Super Bowl coming up, man? Start uh, coming up this Sunday. I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, the Ravens didn't get there. Uh, we grew up right outside of Baltimore, so I'm a I grew up with the Ravens. But uh, I am actually a 49ers fan at, at heart, so at least I've got one of the two teams that I wanted there. So I'm just hoping that uh, we don't get the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift on the field and all that all that whole storyline. Uh, I could do without it. 49ers win and just put a dagger into all all of those parlays that uh, Mike's been talking about uh, that he's that he wants to, to bet on. So they just cut it cut it off right there. Make Brock Purdy a Super Bowl MVP and uh, just really stab it right in the mic. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that would be interesting. So you're uh, do you think the Chiefs are going to win or do you think 49ers or you just kind of root for 49ers? I'm definitely rooting for the 49ers, um, but it, in terms in terms of who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be uh, it's really going to come down to do the 49ers work around what the Chiefs' defense is, um, and I'm I'm actually thinking that it's going to be a little easier for them because um, the Chiefs they they got a little banged up in that Ravens game, um, and and so they, they they've lost. Uh, I'm uh, blanking on his name. That edge rusher uh, that w- tore his ACL. Like they, they, they lost him um, in the Ravens game, and now they're they aren't going to do as well against that 49ers. All right, we're just going to either run it right up the gut with Christian McCaffrey or flip it out to the edge, and mm-hmm. just they they do a good job of taking advantage of getting their guys into space, and they. And the the Chiefs, I, I think they might not match up as well against that. I feel like they do a much better job and a little bit more of a man type defense where they can kind of shut down the major playmakers on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the 49ers can overcome that. But anytime Mahomes is on the field, you have to consider the Mahomes factor that right. he'll find a way to pull the rabbit out of the hat, even when there isn't a hat. So, uh, so you're going to be going up against one tough, 
tough team and they have a good defense and it's kind of reminiscent a little bit to me of those uh tom brady days where tom brady's got the cast of who's here the receivers but he's turned them into guys that like oh i know that name because tom brady throws it to him and really it's that defense that's keeping them in the games keeping them that major competitor and it's tom brady buckling down in the fourth quarter going down making that game winning drive right right, right. yeah speaking of hats you like my my hat yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. Uh, if only the Cowboys could be in this in the Super Bowl, then maybe right. it'd even be a little more fitting. But uh, it could be. Yeah, I, I figured I'd I'd wear my cowboy hat today. Uh, I just I've seen on uh, social media it's like the in thing to wear right now, so I'm just wearing it, man. Gonna wear it for the episode. See how it goes. See see what kind of reaction we get. And you know, <laughs> it, at least it looks good. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, so let's um, let's jump into some quarterback warp here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, flip this over here. Let's go over to here, change this up, and then we're going to go to this. Share screen for everybody so we can look at the old warp calculator. <clears throat> All right, so there we go. There's our warp calculator that we're going to start with today. Um so me and Cooper just kind of kind of talk about, you know, look through some of these leagues and go through everything here. Um, is there anything that you kind of learned about quarterbacks with warp this year? You know, kind of just off the top of your head. Um, in general, there seems to be in, it all depends on the scoring of your league, um, it, it, where the exact cutoff is, but there seems to be a range of a, a usually a top four, Sometimes there's a top two and a top four um, of guys that separated themselves. And then there's another cutoff point around like a quarterback 14 or quarterback 15, where um, where there's another tier drop off there. But in general, this past year, you didn't see that steep of a curve where the difference between quarterback five and quarterback 14 was really that much. And so you ended up with a lot of this scenario of the last off season, we were talking about, man, you want to have one of these top eight quarterbacks and, and, and uh, try to move up to get a second top eight guy. But if you didn't move up and get that second top eight guy, you probably did just as fine as the person that did, unless they moved up so far that they got themselves say like Josh Allen and Jalen hurts. Like, okay. Somebody that ended up with that, they got quarterbacks number one and number two. So they did, they did pretty well for themselves, but in general, you kind of see those three tiers. Mm -hmm. Um, And depending on the league that one and two kind of blends into three and four. Right. Um, and so we're going to be seeing that here, this first league that you have pulled up, that there's not really a clear difference between one and two versus three and four, but there right. is four versus five and then 14 versus 15. Right, right. Yeah, I noticed like when I was doing one of my team reviews, it was like that there was, um, you know, it's like a top 15, 16, and then after that it like cratered. So, um, yeah, after after that was everyone was kind of the same. So, um yeah, this first league I got pulled up was just a, a different league. So we're going to start with, like, kind of just a vanilla league. Um, I have just a regular vanilla PPR league here. So this one is going to be a 
Uh, six point per passing touchdown start 11 league in a lineup league. So we're going to go over that one first here um, with the quarterback. So as you could see with the quarterbacks on here, um, they're still pretty king. You know, they're the highest warp of all the positions in just a regular vanilla league here um, over the wide receivers, running backs, obviously tight ends. Um, I think I made these all 1.5 tight end premium as well. So the tight ends, obviously, you can see is they don't matter as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, let me get rid of these running backs and receivers, tight ends for now. I mean, as you can see, you know, just your, like your regular six point per passing touchdown leagues. You know, Josh Allen was up there. Jalen Hurts was up there. Dak Prescott, you know, he led the league in touchdown passes. Uh, Lamar Jackson's up here because of his rushing. Jordan Love, he was second in the league in touchdown passes, and here he is. He's up in fifth. So um, you kind of see, like, you know, obviously you're going to want the guys that are going to throw touchdown passes in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league. Mahomes is up here at six. Purdy was at seven. Tua, eight. Jared Goff, nine. And um, Baker Mayfield was 10. So pretty solid top 10 there. I, I did notice in a lot of these leagues when I did look at them, Baker Mayfield was pretty much top 10 um, warp quarterback all season long. Yeah, he did a good job um, from a fantasy perspective of hitting that threshold of where I was saying like that top 15 guy. Like mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't a whole lot of difference between Baker Mayfield and even like your Patrick Mahomes. Um, and... And so that was actually really cool to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see come next year how that looks. Because um, uh, as we know, uh, everything is is going to be changing over there on the offense, getting a new offensive coordinator there. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe he'll have a good contract that he likes um, and that gives him some stability for for once he's it sounds like he has a team that actually likes him as opposed to the browns like just this the first sign of his, him struggling being like mm -hmm. hey he's on the hot seat so hopefully he can parlay that into next year and keep going and uh, and and keep it up and stay in that top 15 range where he's at the same level as is those top tier guys that are either having a bad year or those guys that we consider top tier that are just having a normal year for them. Cause like your mm -hmm. guys like Tua, we think of him as a top tier quarterback, but in reality, he, he's never really produced at a warp level that makes you think he's a, he's a huge difference maker. He's right. just consistently been one of these, this top grouping of quarterbacks where yes, is having a guy in this range is important, but he's never been up there with your Josh Allens, your Jalen Hurts. This past year, it was Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson that thrust themselves into that category. Mm. But it, Josh Allen and is the only one that has stayed there year year over year for an extended amount of time. Jalen yeah. Hurts, I think this is his second year being up in that range. Yeah. Um, but you're going to see a little bit of. Uh, of change year over to year and in, in who's the who are the quarterbacks that end up in that difference making uh, difference making range and i just don't really see tua ever doing that um yeah. so i think he's a little capped out and if you're staring down the barrel like hey i've got tua or baker mayfield and baker mayfield i'm sure he's going 
many rounds later in your startup drafts mm -hmm. um, compared to Tua. Like, if you're trying to build a contender from the get-go, or maybe you are a team that you're turning the corner from from a rebuilder into a contender, Baker Mayfield's not a bad get, not a bad guy to to take a shot on and say, hey, he just needs to do about what he did last year. Right, uh, you right. you aren't you aren't trying to shoot for uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Like you don't need that production all the time. Sometimes you can have some some different options at, at the quarterback position. Right. Do you? So one that popped out to me on here was was C.J. Stroud here at one point six four uh, warp. Um, obviously, we all like C.J. Stroud. We think he's a top quarterback, but. What do you think about him being down here at 12? Do you think he might be kind of like overrated a little bit or um, so, do you think he's about a little bit right? I think I think that CJ Stroud in our in the overall dynasty ranks where like a keep trade cut mm -hmm. it has him all the way up at like quarterback 3 or something like that right now. I think that is overblown. Right. Um but if you look at if you change the week slider to just be say week nine through seventeen, mm -hmm. he rises up these ranks. He, his second half of the season was better than mm -hmm. it was uh, earlier in the season, and so uh, I like being able to have him higher up in the rankings because he's a rookie. He had a, a good finish to the season. Hopefully that runs in, into next season. They get him some better weapons to throw the ball to because his the cast of characters he was thrown to was uh, was not great. But he doesn't give me the concerns that um, is, that somebody uh, somebody in a bad situation... Like, Houston's a really good situation. They drafted him, and then they listened to him. He said, hey, mm -hmm. get me Tank Dell. I like this guy. He's going to do well. They draft Tank Dell off of Stroud's recommendation. Mm -hmm. Tank Dell comes in, and Tank Dell produced. Right and and so there's they seem to like him down there in Houston. They like his uh, they like everything about him. He's their franchise guy, and I think that it. I'm, I'm not saying it's wheels up for him from a from a dynasty perspective because I think he is capped. He's not one of these premier rushing quarterbacks that's going right. to rush hundreds of times uh, uh, or more than like 120 times a year, get you 800 rushing yards, all that kind of stuff. He's going to be a guy that, yes, he can do enough with his legs to get you a little bit of that floor, but he's, he's going to be consistent and he's young. So you can have him for a long time. His value is not going to go really go down in the next four or five years, unless his production uh, takes a tumble. Right. And I mean, so just the, just that's kinda, what I like about him. Right. And then, like you mentioned with Stroud's rushing, he had 39 carries, 167 yards. Uh, he's down probably like here in the 20s somewhere for rushing yards or quarterbacks. Just to kind of put that in perspective, uh, Daniel Jones only played six games and he had 206 rushing yards uh, compared to Stroud's 15 games. So, I mean, he can run a little bit. Um, we've seen it before. He had three rushing touchdowns as well, so he's not afraid to run it at the goal line. Um, but he's just never going to be this you know, up in these tiers of 400, 300 yards rushing, you know, like Mahomes had 389, Russell Wilson, 340, Trevor Lawrence, 339. 
uh, maybe maybe he could do it for like one season, but to continue it and do it every season, I I see him more in like this probably two hundred yard range. So he's not going to make like a super big difference um, in the rush game for you, in my opinion. Yeah, and so if you're looking at that two hundred, uh, extrapolate that over uh, seventeen games, you're realistically only looking at like one po- one and a half fantasy points mm-hmm. per game coming out of his rushing. Whereas if you uh, if you're looking at what makes a uh, a a true like number one overall quarterback, which mm. is if you're valuing him at QB three overall, you think he has the potential to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those true number one overalls are the guys that are rushing for 500 yards, 600 yards, seven or eight, like all the way up in that range of rushing yards, and he's mm-hmm. just not anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. So. If you look on my rankings, I've got him at quarterback six um, just because he's young. He's looking good. I I like how, how his future looks, but I don't think that um, warp-wise he's going to be that true difference maker that you need him to be. He's going to be that solid guy that's in this quarterback f- 5 to 15 range that you need one of those guys at least. If not, you want both your quarterbacks to be above quarterback 15 for sure. Right. But you, one of those guys is going to end up in that range. And the advantage to CJ Stroud is he's young. If something happens, if he if he uh, sprains his ankle, he's going to be out for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like you can you, you can trade away CJ Stroud to some team that's not contending, get a, a get a replacement quarterback back, and be able to keep going. And it doesn't completely tank your run. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm sure there were a lot of teams that had like Aaron Rodgers and they were like, that's going to be my quarterback too. I'm making my championship run this year. Week one, it tears his Achilles and their entire championship run was dead. Right. Right. Um, another thing with Stroud too. I mean, you know, we're looking at the warp here of Jordan love. So Jordan love finished fifth overall at 2.09. Um, well, first question is, do you think like the 2.7, 2.5, I didn't really go back and look. Do you think that's kind of low compared to years past for the warps for the quarterbacks? Because weren't they more like around like the three range? So they they tended to be a little bit higher. I always like to compare it to where they were to the other positions. The okay. The exact number doesn't really mean as much to me as okay. compared to what is the difference between where the quarterback was and the wide receiver and the running back mm-hmm. and the tight end? Okay. Um, because w- one thing that can trip you up if, um, say, you look at a start 16 league, because I, I have one of those mm-hmm. um, in, in my portfolio, uh, the top players don't get as high of a raw warp value mm-hmm. just because it, at a certain point a singular player cannot affect the lineup near as much. And so it just slowly starts to decrease um, as, as it goes on. Um, and so that's why I'm looking at these differences. But going back to your point of in 2022, there was more quarterbacks that were doing better. Um, mm-hmm. In 2021, the quarterbacks were like buying – far and away the king and same within 2020 like if, if you go back you'll just see that if you go back in time you'll see the quarterback line uh, rise and if you keep moving forward you're like hey that quarterback line is falling and falling and falling 
And some of that just comes back to, hey, the NFL, what are they doing? It's the defenses are getting better. They're um, figuring out how to prevent these uh, these big explosive plays that were happening in the passing game. They're forcing a little they're a lot more of this underneath action, a lot more of this. Hey, we need to slow roll the game. We won't have as many possessions. We won't score as many points, but we're going to kind of grind out the enemy team and, and win that way. Right. And okay. and so that's affecting the quarterback play. The quarterbacks are not scoring as many points. There's not as many touchdowns being yeah. scored. There's not as many yards being gained. And so that's kind of muting everything. And that's happening to the other positions as well. But when you start comparing that overall difference, it's affecting the quarterbacks more than it is the other positions. Yeah, I was listening to a different podcast, and they said that this was the lowest scoring season since like the early 2000s. I forget what year it was, um, but this was overall like a very low scoring season. And I think there was like, I want to say he said something crazy, like you know, 80 touchdowns less than uh, you know the year before or something like that. I, I, f- I forget the whole stat, but um, just scoring you know, from the league was completely down across the board. Um, but what I was bringing up here about C.J. Stroud is, okay, yeah, he had whatever it was, 23, 25 touchdown passes. Um, you know, if he, he has a Jordan Love-type season next year. So C.J. Stroud, 167 rushing yards. Jordan Love had 247. So that's 80 rushing yards there. He gets at another 80 rushing yards there, and he gets into the 30 touchdowns. Like, C.J. Stroud is going to be up in this top five, probably range where Jordan Love was this year. So it's not like we're completely saying Stroud's a bust or we don't like him or anything. I, I still really, really like the player. Um, but his path to being a top five war quarterback is going to come from his passing touchdowns. Um his rushing touchdowns and rushing production, it can go up a little bit, but it could stay like where Jordan Love was this year. Um, Jordan Love with the five rushing touchdowns definitely helped, but I think Stroud could get to that 247 mark. I think that's doable for him. And the problem for uh, having Stroud get to an extremely high warp value mm. is warp likes when you are consistently a... a in this case, because we're looking at Superflex, if you are consistently a top 12 quarterback, mm-hmm. if you are better than the average quarterback. Um, and the way the way Stroud is, if you look at uh, how he, how a lot of his games went over the course of the season, he kind of fluttered right around that mark. He His mm-hmm. good games, like, yeah, he, he got up to quarterback six, quarterback seven. Um, I think he had a quarterback three in there somewhere. Um, but he also had plenty of other games where he was still quarterback 15, quarterback 16, 17, things like that. Mm-hmm. And while that's still better than the replacement player, um, which would be a quarterback 25, um, there's going to be a, a certain amount of, if you can't get over that uh, that hump, you just aren't getting too much out of it. It gives you really small warp values, mm-hmm. um, whereas... If you can get over that, you can consistently be the top 12. That's what makes guys like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts so deadly is mm-hmm. every almost every single week they are in the top 12. Uh, when Patrick Mahomes in, in 2022, he was just on an absolute tear and warp. And that's because he was consistently hitting that top 12 mark. 
Mm. And so that's how he, that's how they end up propelling themselves higher up in these warp charts. And so uh, CJ Stroud's only going to get that if he's doing a ton of passing work and it's resulting in a lot of touchdowns. They're scoring a lot of points. He doesn't have the ability to easily make that up with yardage like a, like a different rushing quarterback has the ability to. Right. Right. So another thing I did here on the warp tool, um, I changed it to week 10 to week 17. That's when Kyler Murray played. I was just kind of curious where Kyler fell in. Um, it just through these weeks, if we use those weeks and he was at 12. Um, so that wasn't too bad, but you can also do this on the warp tool as well. If you want to, if you have a guy like Kyler and you want to say, Hey, where was he in warp? Not for the full season. Cause obviously he's going to have a bunch of zeros for the first nine weeks. But if you want to look from week 10 to week 17, you can see where these guys stack. where did Kyler stack up to Patrick Mahomes? Well, he was five, um, you know, five quarterback spots better than Mahomes here. Seven spots better than Stroud. He was better than Tua. So you can kind of get a gauge of how good Kyler was in his seven games that he did play over, like, Mahomes and Stroud, Tua, um, some of these names down here, Justin Herbert. Um, so that's actually you're trying pretty to, impressive. If you're trying to compare guys, say, um, I, I know Anthony Richardson didn't play too much this season, but if you're mm-hmm. trying to play, like, Anthony Richardson versus Kyler, that's why I did uh, the A-Warp per game. So right. you, uh, so you can look at that number to do that across the whole season, and it allows you to more easily compare a, a guy like Anthony Richardson versus a guy like Kyler Murray, um, is to be able to see that whole that whole time frame, see how guys, see how they did over the course of the whole season in the number of games that they played, mm-hmm. because yep. obviously we can't project injuries like that's just. If somebody comes out with an injury projector and it's actually right enough of the time, they've won fantasy football. Um, And so we want to look at how are guys doing when they are on the field. And that's what a warp per game is for. Exactly. So I just pulled it up quickly with uh, Anthony Richardson in his first. um, That's not giving it to us on that. Uh, So to go back to this his uh, the first four weeks that he did play. So we'll go quarterback here, switch this over. So Richardson was quarterback 11 and that was, you know, through three games, everyone else had four. They're not counting his injury game in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, still pretty impressive to see where he was at up up here. And and so if you sort it by warp per game, like he should shoot up a little bit more there too. So you click Mm -hmm. Click that button. So now he's. Yep. I don't have the number. It looks like for that, but Two, three, four, um, five, six. So yeah, he was eighth. So he bumps up to eighth through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and, and you can see how he did compared to some of these other guys. Like, look, here's Dak all the way down here, and Dak was you know top, finished top five. <laughs> yeah, and and so you can kind of see a little bit too of like the small sample mm-hmm. size, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think coming out uh, right uh, today, the the day that this episode release is also going to be my team review um, that I did with uh, one of Slumno's teams. And I talk a little bit about how quarterbacks in terms of warp do really well across a whole season. But mm-hmm. when you do a shorter window, they tend not to do as well compared to other positions. So gotcha. when you're looking at an entire season, um, I... I describe it as the idea that 
quarterbacks get you into the playoffs and get you first uh, first round buys, but they don't necessarily win you championships. Right. The quarterbacks are much better for giving yourself that high floor that just makes it tough for anyone to beat you. Um, they need to have a massive spike week if you have really good quarterbacks. But when it comes down to championship week, you need to rely on your other players on your team still hitting in order to win the matchup. Right. The difference between your spike week from your quarterback versus your spike week from your wide receiver is that uh, that bonus amount of points that you're going to get is is less for the quarterback compared to the wide receiver right all right so we're going to switch over now to a four point per passing touchdown league kind of just vanilla regular ppr league super flex all that um so when i bring that chart up here now look at the wide receivers and running backs compared to the quarterbacks um pretty much your top 11 to 12 wide receivers um are better than you know a lot of these quarterbacks um when you get to the top two four quarterbacks josh allen jalen hurts lamar jackson and dak prescott in this format um they're pretty much up there with everybody you know you had keenan allen's up here amon raw tyreek cd lamb those guys beat them but uh you could see how much the position drops off there in a four point per passing touchdown league yeah and and so when you're looking at, okay, in this four point per passing touchdown, you can also see how much starker that difference is between mm-hmm. those top four guys and number five. It, when we were looking at the six point per passing touchdown, it was a little bit more of a, a of a linear line going down. And now we actually have a, a closer to a horizontal line and then a drop. Yeah. So, and so it, it accentuates even more that rushing factor of the quarterback where yeah. the, the guys that are throwing t- a lot of touchdowns, it's harder for them to make that guys are rushing the ball on, on the ground. Right. And so that's a .4 difference between Dak Prescott 2.273 and Jordan Love at 1.89. So it's a, you know, a .4 difference there in win per game. More uh, wins over replacement yeah. for that one. So. The other way I like to say it too is the difference is – wide receiver five versus wide receiver it looks like about 12 is the difference between just quarterback four and five right so so when you're looking at okay where's the value between different positions that's a clear tier break where mm-hmm. all right if i need to if i'm trying to decide between whether i'm getting quarterback uh, quarterback four or whether i'm going to be able to get wide receiver five well, if it's going to come back around to me, I'm going to get a chance to get another quarterback or wide receiver, say, in another, uh, if we're looking at quarterback four, so another, like, 12 picks or so, I'm going to have a better shot of getting somebody equivalent at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. um, whereas at the quarterback, there's a clear drop-off there. Right. And it's the same thing if you're trying to trade up. I'm more willing to trade up and get the 104 than I am the 105, but it's a it's a full tier break. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to be able to get myself into the, into that higher tier, and since one of those top four is Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott's not being taken in the top four, so really it's no. the top three. Mm-hmm. So so when I'm talking about how do I value players and dynasty, how much I'm willing to trade up for, I'm willing to pay much more to get a top three startup pick than I am the one Oh four. If the guy, oftentimes if I'm trying to trade up, 
I'm sending out offers to 101, 102, 103, and then I just stop. Mm-hmm. Because at, at a, once I get to 104, now I can supplement with those guys that are going in the second round. I don't need to trade up into the early first in order to get those guys and get equivalent production anymore. Right. So I'm taking advantage of that value of, okay, it's relatively similar across that whole range. Right. So another thing I, I'm noticing here, too, is from right here at quarterback six, Mahomes, 1.78. So let's say uh, quarterback 16, 1.347, Matt Stafford. Like, just look how pretty flat this whole tier is. Um, Even if you get down to Justin Fields and Derek Carr's 1.1, so, you know, Mahomes is 1.7. So it's not, like, a huge difference. In a four-point-per-passing touchdown league like this, say you're doing a startup this offseason with those settings, are you more, like, you know, willing to load up on wide receivers and be like, okay, I'll just take Matt Stafford and, you know, Trevor Lawrence is my starting quarterbacks here. You know, I can get some of these guys maybe in round three or four, even later with Stafford, you know, probably Baker Mayfield's up in here. Yeah, quarterback 11. Is that kind of an approach that in this kind of a format and four point per passing touchdown you would kind of take? I am definitely willing to do that and click on the a warp per game graph, because I think that's going to help showcase this point even more. So if we removed, remove tight end out of the picture, Mm -hmm. look how flat it really gets from, we were talking about, Hey, there's that top 15 and you can see that drop off after top 15 here, Mm -hmm. but then even 16 all the way to like 32, Mm -hmm. that includes like all the backup quarterbacks that are coming in and replacing right. these down starters. And, um, and it's really not that much different than the guys that are in that quarterback 15 no. range. And so I, I'm more willing to gamble on, okay, let me get the better wide receivers because those are the better warp guys. Yeah. Obviously. And I'm going to fill up with, I'm going to make sure I have two starting quarterbacks and then I'm going to be very heavy on the waivers. And, and I did this all last year when, uh, when Jake Browning was announced, he's going to be starting the rest of the season. When Gardner Minshew was announced, he's going to be starting the rest of the season. Like I was very, very aggressive on getting, uh, on getting those guys and spending that fab and, you have to go into, I think, something that a lot of people don't really think about is how they spend their fab. Mm-hmm. They think of their fab as, okay, I'm willing to spend 30% on this player, 20% on this player, and they come up with that each week. Mm-hmm. I like to think of my fab as I want to invest it in certain positions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to take dedicate 90% of my fab in a league like this to I'm going to use it to get myself backup quarterbacks that are going to be starting the rest of the year. Right. The other 10% I can use to throw an extra dollar. So that way it can beat everybody else out on when cam Akers gets traded to Minnesota or when uh, Tyler Goodson becomes the starting running back for Indianapolis. Like I'll put a dollar. So that way somebody doesn't get him for free. Right. But that's what the 10% is for. 
the 90% is that way I can get those backup quarterbacks. That way they can plug into my lineup. And that's how I'm filling holes. Mm. But that only works in a league like this where, hey, quarterback is muted compared to the other positions. And the backup guys are close to the to the starters because the four point per passing touchdown makes it such that all the scoring of quarterbacks is muted. So mm. even if a the that guy who's better throws for one extra touchdown a game, that's not as big of a difference. Whereas when we were looking at that six point per passing touchdown, the, the league just before this, there is more of a difference there. I don't want to inv- be relying on a bunch of these backups. And instead I want to have those better, those better quarterbacks. Right. Exactly. Cause it, like you were talking about too uh, earlier with the warp per game for these quarterbacks. So Trevor Lawrence was quarterback 16 at a point one. If you go to quarterback 32, which is Geno Smith point zero seven, there's just not a much difference there at all between quarterback 16 and 32. So, and, and so what that warp, <clears throat> how that warp calculation works, it means that by having Trevor Lawrence any given week, you are 3% more likely to win with Trevor Lawrence than you were with Geno Smith. It's right. not that much of a difference. It's well within variance. Exactly. Um, and, and so, but if you look in that range in between Trevor Lawrence and Geno Smith, I'm sure you can find backup quarterbacks that are, that are in there that were filling it out for you. Yeah. Um, there's Sam Howell, Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs. Stafford's in there, Anthony Richardson, Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew, you mentioned earlier, Watson, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, so those guys, you could get in there. Uh, you did bring up a good point there with Fab, too. Like, I think with the way most of our dynasty leagues have gone, like, you know, if a running back gets injured, somebody already owns that backup running back or the third guy behind them. Um, and most of our dynasty leagues, leagues now, because they're just so deep, like it's not like, you know, 10 years ago where it was, he, that guy was probably on waivers and there was a big fight to get that running back on waivers. I think the big fight now is to get these quarterbacks when they go down. Um, those are the guys that we're spending all of our fab on. Yeah, for sure. And and some of it is just like we don't necessarily realize, who, like we think we know who the backup is until the week comes, and all of a sudden, hey, that that rookie that they drafted in the sixth round, who's mm-hmm. been the uh, who's been the third quarterback that hasn't technically been active for any of the games, he's the starter for for this mm-hmm. next week, kind of like they did with with Aiden O'Connell, where. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, where they put him as the starter instead of putting in Brian Hoyer, even though Brian Hoyer was dressed as the backup every single game. Mm-hmm. And so those are the guys that you can try and snag off of waivers because mm-hmm. unless you're, unless your league is so deep that there's somebody out there rostering every single backup quarterback, you're going to have guys to fight for on waivers. If not every week, at least every other week. Right. I, I found it interesting too here. Stroud moves up four spots in the four point per passing touchdown league. So that's interesting um, compared mm-hmm. on the warp. Um, and that probably comes down to yardage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is what it is, right? Because yardage is worth more in a four point per passing touchdown because the touchdowns are less. And mm. so, but you look at, okay, how how much more does CJ Stroud need to do in order to vault himself past the, uh, past Patrick Mahomes and up into the Dak Prescott, into the Lamar Jackson, the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts tiers, 
there's just so much that he needs to do that uh, that I just don't really see how he's going to do that unless he starts running the football more. Right. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and switch over to point-per-carry league. So um, this league that I'm in is a um, six-point-per-passing touchdown league with um, – man, it doesn't seem like that's right. I don't know why the quarterbacks are so much lower on this. I'll have to check that out. Um, let me go. Let me find another one of my point per carry leagues that I had. Um, we'll do Dynasty Masters. This is um, five point per touch in that down league with a um, with a uh, point per carry. So that's a little better. So yeah, in this one, obviously running backs with the point per carry being in the league are a little bit higher here. Um, wide receiver is pretty much you know same as the the uh flat tier that we were talking about earlier there for the wide receivers look how far they go down and then the quarterbacks uh so we can get rid of these tight ends here uh, let's just get rid of wide receivers and running backs too um so yeah so in the point per carry leagues now look here's jalen hurts at a three warp he's the leader there uh josh allen 2.9 so the guys you expect to be up here lamar jackson uh, Dak Prescott, even though he led the league in touchdown passes, he's still up there at four with 36 touchdown passes. Jordan Love with his 32 touchdown passes. Mahomes is still up there. He can run a little bit. Purdy was pretty proficient this year. Two, uh, Jared Goff is ninth, and C.J. Stroud was 10. So you can kind of see, like, having Jalen Hurts, having Josh Allen, having Lamar Jackson, you know, 2.7, 2.9, 3. And then you go down here to quarterback seven at Purdy, uh, two. That's almost a full, um, you know, win over replacement from Brock Purdy to Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, these elite rushing quarterbacks. And notice what it took for Dak Prescott to get up there to match the three rushers mm -hmm. is it took him leading the league in passing touchdowns. Yeah. And the guy who was second, Jordan Love, He's down there grouped in with everybody else. Yeah. Like, he didn't make it up to that level. He's just the top of the the second flat tier. Yes. And so, uh, uh, when we're talking about, okay, what, what does a quarterback that doesn't rush need to do in order to be a true warp difference maker? They mm -hmm. have to lead the league in touchdowns. They have to have such an amazing passing season that it's impossible to ignore. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, that's why I get skeptical of when you look at, okay, CJ Stroud, what did he do r rushing wise? Well, he's, he only rushed it for 40 times. He only got 150 yards. Like it, he, it, he needs to really up that rushing game in order to be a difference maker. Same thing. If you look at anybody else in that range of Brock Purdy's never going to, to get up into into that top tier range unless he starts throwing a, for a ton more yardage and a ton more touchdowns. Mm -hmm. um, but you can have guys that are able to do a, a ton um, in the rushing game. like, And it doesn't need to be like world breaking like Lamar Jackson is, but even mm -hmm. talking about somebody like Russell Wilson still ran it 80 times for the 340 yards. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a whole lot, but he gives himself a, a giant floor that mm -hmm. if he has an all right passing season, now he's, uh, now he's close to being in that conversation of guys that can be a difference maker for your team. 
Yeah. So if you look at like the quarterback rushing leaders this year, obviously you're going to see Allen, Hurts, Lamar up there, and those are the top three guys. The other one that's always up there high in rushing yards is Justin Fields, but look how far down he is here. He was quarterback 17, even in a point-per-carry league. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and that just comes down to you still need to have at least all right passing, right? In order to in order to make it, you can't have just rushing. If he was a running back, I'm sure he it would look much different. Um, but at quarterback, you need to have the combined of both because even if you're throwing it, if you're going against the quarterbacks that are thrown for 250 yards a game, you're still going against, they're getting 10 points from all those yards. Mm. And then if they throw, uh, throw for two touchdowns, they're at 18 points. You, even if you rushed for 60 yards, that game, you're only uh, at six points of the way to, to that, uh, to that 18 to get those 12 more, you've got to throw for uh, another touchdown. And then you've got to throw for another 200 yards just to make it. Right. Yeah. I mean, Fields did miss um, three games compared to everybody else, too. But still, um, you know, he just didn't have like the rushing touchdown numbers that Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen did 15 rushing touchdowns apiece. Um, even Lamar, he only had five rushing touchdowns, 821 yards. Um, but it was still, you know, his passing was up there, obviously, with an MVP type season. So Lamar was able to st- stay up there, but Fields was not. Um, anyone else on this list kind of stand out to you a little bit? Um, the the biggest one that I that I just want to point out again is we we talked about uh, Tua Tagovailoa and hey, mm-hmm. like what is his true ceiling? Well, right below him's Jared Goff. Like right. that's that's a big difference in terms of especially a year ago where we were valuing these guys. They're much closer now. In mm-hmm. terms of where they are valued, because Tua didn't really, it, he kind of stuck around where he was in that like third round startup range. And Jared Goff has now vaulted himself up probably into that fourth round. Um, but the, the, those sorts of guys, this is their ceiling. Like they're, they're going to be able to maximum get you up to this quarterback, a quarterback seven, eight, nine range. And they aren't going to go much higher. They don't run the football that much. They do everything through passing. Unless mm-hmm. they have an absolute career year that uh, we talk about Dak Prescott throwing for 36 touchdowns. If they do that, sure, they'll be up there in, in the warp conversation. Yeah. But uh, seeing these guys up here, it's a little bit... Um, it if People like to, to see a name and they go, hey, I like that guy. I could see him getting higher next year. I don't think it's realistic to expect that out of either of those guys. And same thing mm-hmm. with Brock Purdy right above them. It's like you don't want to really expect them to take that leap forward mm. um, just because it's so rare that somebody actually does that. Right. So another thing that I like to do personally with um, point per carry leagues, uh, especially if I'm doing a startup in the in the offseason, I'm – you know, if I get a derby pick or whatever, you know, I'm getting to pick my draft spot. I definitely want – one of these top three picks if I can get it so I can grab Hertz, Allen, or Lamar Jackson for sure. And then if I'm going to, I'm just going to try and take the risk and trade up and see if I can get like an Anthony Richardson type or uh, maybe even I can wait till round two if Justin Fields is there. Um, I, in point per carry leagues, I think just having those 
absolute monster rushing quarterbacks is just such a huge advantage. It's like almost like, you know, in your regular, um, you know, lineup redraft league, having Travis Kelsey all these years at tight end. Like, I just think having the point per carry quarterbacks every single week is just such a, a massive advantage. And I've found that a lot of my teams that I've done that with, uh, like last year I had a Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields team, and it was pretty much you know, uh, first or second place all season long, just having those two. So, um, yeah, having those rushing quarterbacks in these leagues and point per carry leagues are just king for me. So I got to have those guys. And even with Justin Fields uh, missing three games and having an absolute abysmal passing season, he still ended up quarterback 17. Like he's still in that range of, hey, this guy can fit in in my super flex spot. He's not mm-hmm. outside of the top 24. Um, and so uh, the, the, they are just such a cheat code that, hey, when they do have a good game, they're going to put up monster points. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they have a floor enough, you aren't going to lose because you had them in your lineup. Right. And, and that's ultimately, that's, that's what you need on your team. And that's also what Warp really likes. Warp likes guys that, hey, they're in your lineup consistently, so they aren't going down. And then um, they're having those above average weeks because those are the ones that are actually winning you your matchup. Mm-hmm. That's when I kind of looked through here for the first four weeks for Anthony Richardson because he was like an absolute cheat code there at quarterback for his first couple weeks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so Anthony Richardson's right here. Uh, point three five nine for warp for the first four games, and that's only counting three games. These other guys are getting four games out of it. Um, so yeah, Richardson, definitely a guy I want to target. If I can get a top three pick, I can get um Allen, Hertz, or Lamar Jackson there in the top three. I want to see if I can trade up to like eight, nine, somewhere in that range. Um, even if I have to give up like my second and the fourth or something like that to move up to get Richardson, I'm going to go ahead and do it because pairing Lamar and Richardson together, that's just going to be crazy, scary, good for your quarterbacks, uh, spots there, especially with Richardson. I don't know if you heard me on the, um, on last week's episode with Mike, I really think Richardson is like almost a lock every single year for 10, 10 rushing touchdowns plus. I mean, he had four in three games, um, and that dude was just running like a madman, and he's he's going to be hard to stop at the goal line. Um, Tush-push stuff. I mean, obviously Shane Steichen ran it there with Jalen Hurts uh, last year. They're going to do it. He's going to do it with Anthony Richardson too. So I think Richardson, uh, getting him in, in a point per carry league especially, that's like almost a lock. 10 plus touchdowns every single season just on the ground. Yeah, and uh and the other thing to look at is if if you take his three games, you take the warp per game, he bumps himself up four spots. And okay. he's he's up he's up there uh walking walking in that range with where Jalen Hurts was over yep. those first four weeks. And Yeah, he's better I, than Lamar. And he's better than Lamar and, and so it extrapolate that over the course of a full season and yeah we're looking at okay yeah josh dobbs was here number three and andy dalton was was up there number one but andy dalton only had one game josh dobbs had two games like when you're starting to piece together 
um, okay, what does it look like for the guys who consistently make it up there? You pick any sample, like you're gonna you're gonna have Jalen Hurts, you're gonna have Lamar Jackson, you're gonna you're gonna have Josh Allen consistently being in that range. Like right. Dak Prescott at the beginning of the year, he's way down there at the bottom. He's a yep. quarterback twenty four, and yep. it's because he doesn't rush the ball. He doesn't have that high floor, and now he finished the season off throwing a ton. He led the league in passing touchdowns, as I've said multiple times here. That's what vaulted him. Yeah. Um, but that is also more inconsistent. Whereas getting this, these rushing rushing yards from a, a guy like Anthony Richardson, a guy like Justin Fields, all the names we've been saying, um, getting having that floor is what you need for your team. And then as long as they're a halfway decent passer, you're going to do really well. And if they're a really good passer, then you're going to get some of those monster spike weeks that just Mm -hmm. flat out win you a week. I think another sneaky guy that I look at is Daniel Jones. Like if he can play the full season um, with his rushing numbers that he's shown in his career, he could be another 400, 500 rushing yard type guy. So Daniel Jones is another guy. If you can get that as your quarterback three, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it was a small sample size last year of six games, but he was fourth in rushing yards per right, game. Right, right. And, and so he's definitely somebody that that you can go out and get, um, and and he can fill in that spot in your team as long as you trust the uh, Giants to fix that passing game. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it comes down to, hey, what do they do in the draft? Do they get a wide receiver? If they do that, okay, maybe they're starting to fix the passing game for Daniel Jones because mm-hmm. it, we all know he was thrown to nobodies this year. Right. And uh, but if they end up, say, uh, a guy like Jaden Daniels ends up falling to them at six, and they take take Jaden Daniels, that's where you got to put your dynasty hat on and be like, hey, Daniel Jones might not be here for very long. I prob- probably don't want to invest in this guy. Hmm. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and switch it over to best ball now. So these are a couple of your best ball leagues that you had brought up um, pre-show to me. So this is Dynasty Best Ball League. Um, I'll let you go ahead and, and talk about the uh, the warp here for those quarterbacks. Yeah, so this league is just it's a four-point per passing touchdown best ball. Um, the only other bonus setting is if you have if you get a 40-yard touchdown rush or reception, you get an extra four points. Mm. Um, so other than that, it's basically all standard. Mm. And and so the thing that I like to see when when I'm looking at best ball is where can I add guys together to make up a, a guy in a higher tier? Mm. And can I? What is the difference between, say, the top four quarterbacks versus quarterbacks five through fifteen? Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, the, the top four is a very distinct, you know, right here: Josh Allen, Jalen, Dak, Lamar. Huge drop down to Jordan Love. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that unlike in uh, some of the other leagues that we were looking at where that difference is almost a full warp between mm. uh, like a full point of warp between uh, number one and number five, we're only looking at like a 075 ish. Like we aren't looking at near as much of a difference mm-hmm. in this league. And so I can with two quarterbacks that are in that, uh, in that five through 15 range, add up my warp to 
to match one of those top guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't have as much of a ceiling it out of that specific lineup spot. But if I give myself, say, five guys between the five to quarterback five to fifteen range, and then, and and then that's that's it. My quarterback position, I'm able to match somebody that has just two of Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, and I've done that way cheaper. If I if you target the right guys in that five to fifteen, you target Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, um, Russell Wilson, and Josh Dobbs is just outside of it at sixteen. Uh, sixteen there, like you target mm-hmm. those guys, you've done that so cheaply, you can roll all that value into a different position. In this league, wide receivers are the the dominant position, so you can roll that into all of your wide receivers, have a strong wide receiver core, and that's how you try and win your league. Mm -hmm. So it's all about balancing out, okay, where's my cutoff with these quarterbacks? And uh, And so you could go for having, if you end up getting yourself the 101 to 103 in the startup, like, yeah, still go get yourself that Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson type of player. Um, Patrick Mahomes is in that list. Like, any of those guys, sure, go go get that. But you aren't forced into having to have one of those guys in order to win the league, mm-hmm. unlike a quarterback-heavy league. Um, and you can make that – you can make up your quarterback difference by getting a bunch of these lower-tier guys at value. So looking at, like uh, you mentioned here, the wide receivers, this is one thing that this warp tool will do for you guys. So, you know, if you go, if you guys go and purchase this warp tool and check out your leagues, you'll see in like this league, man, like how king wide receivers are. Yeah, sure, you need to have some quarterbacks, but all your, you know, assuming three receiver spots and how many ever flex spots you have minus the super flex spot you want every single week you want wide receivers probably hitting those spots because look just look how much of an advantage they have over the quarterbacks in this league um i mean they're pretty much above the quarterback at every single point here so um just kind of that's one of the uh important things about the warp tool that you can see for yourself just in the data here, like how King wide receiver is compared to the quarterback position in this league. Yeah. And in this league, it's uh, three wide receiver spots and two flex spots. It's a, mm-hmm. it comes out to a total, I think of a start 10. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you can, you can even compare that with those wide receivers to the running backs and see, yeah, wide receivers are higher in, in this league as well. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so I know this, this show is talking about quarterbacks primarily, but that's, the warp is designed to help you identify where the tiers are in a position and then where those tiers compare to tiers of other positions. Absolutely. And so it, it, as we're talking through this week, as we're talking to uh, in future months of going through different positions, everything is relative. You, mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying in this league, I'm fine going with multiple of those quarterback five to 15 types mm-hmm. um, because that's what's ideal to get the most bang for your buck in terms mm-hmm. of the value that you're spending on the position. So that way you're saving it for for elsewhere. Yeah. So if you were doing a dynasty startup this offseason, uh, best ball with those settings from this league, and you kind of see your warp graph look like that, 
Uh, I if I'm like picking towards the end, I'm picking 10, 11, 12. Um, you know, mostly everybody in your league is going to be hammering the quarterbacks like they always do in super flex leagues. I'm probably going to double tap. Can I get CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson? Uh, CD Lamb and Jamar Chase. Can I get two of those guys that was my first two picks? And then round three, round four, um, maybe I, you know, I can get these other quarterbacks. Maybe I can get, uh, you know, Tua or Goff as one, one of my two quarterbacks. Like, can I get a Baker Mayfield later? Can I get Geno Smith later? Jer- Derek Carr later? You know, and like you said, having those later quarterbacks in that range are going to add up um, in a best ball league over time to reach up to those guys. And then you're already killing them at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and I, and I'm not opposed either to uh, to playing a little bit of a it, as long as it's not like a South Harmon league where we're all going to hoard the quarterbacks from each other and make <laughs> right. you pay a huge premium. Like it it ends the draft uh, with only having like two guys. Like if you only end up with say Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford, like okay, that's fine. I have I have two guys, so I don't look super desperate and you end up with a ton of these wide receivers and you use a little bit of flexibility there of, okay, I can, I still can trade before the season starts. I can trade Mm -hmm. once the season starts. Um, We we talk about having the ideal roster construction for best ball, but I'm, I'm a big proponent of not forcing anything to happen too soon. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to start week one with my absolute smash them fully optimized lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm fine the week one. Yeah, I don't, I might only have two actual good quarterbacks, and if one of them throws up a dud, one of them throws up a dud. But I fix that over the course of the first four weeks. Maybe I identify, because it, it the it last offseason, if you had said Baker Mayfield was one of the quarterbacks that you wanted, like he was somebody that was really concerning like is he mm. going to last five weeks into the season right but you see the first couple weeks of the season you're like hey this guy's doing doing well enough he's going to keep the starting job okay now you go and get him and you yep. start to fill out your team that way mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe that's when you you trade away the guys that aren't doing as much like jordan addison was he was showing enough to be intriguing to somebody that was trying to keep a young team but he wasn't really doing enough where it's like, yeah, he's going to be the mm-hmm. guy that's that's going to help my team win a championship. Mm-hmm. So you trade Jordan Addison, you get yourself a lesser wide receiver and and Baker Mayfield, and now you're starting to fix some of those uh, some of those uh, positional holes mm-hmm. that you that you started the season with. Yeah. And but you got yourself into that position by going heavy at wide receiver in the in the startup draft to begin with. Yeah, and then you continue to be aggressive on the waiver wire as well. Um, you start, you get those Gardner Minshews, the Jake Brownings, the Joe Flacco's. You get those guys as well on your team, and they're gonna help you know elevate that quarterback position. Even if you started with Stafford and Derek Carr, like you were talking about. Yeah, and it, it's all of it. What you want to do is by the time you're competing for a championship, yeah, you're very close to that adjusted ros- roster construction number, and you're mm. hitting that exact number that you want. In this league, I think it's like 4.2 or something like that. Um, and you're very close to that number by the time playoffs hit. But up until that point, you can kind of flex yourself a little bit. And a single week isn't going to kill you mm. if you accidentally fumble it. 
it's it might fumble your opportunity to be able to get that first round buy but i tend to be a, someone that i don't want to overspend at the beginning of the season to try and have the best team on paper because the best team on paper week one is not going to be the best team in mm-hmm. week 15 if they don't make any moves because guys right. are going to go down with injuries people aren't going to do as well as they should or players on other teams are going to do better than you were projecting them to and um and so you have to be able to adjust over the course of the season and keeping yourself flexible is one of those things that we learned from last off season. And it very much held true th- th- this season as well. Of The flexible teams are the ones that are able to make that push for a championship and, and actually finish it off and win it. Right. A uh, good example of that was our um, South Harmon redraft league that we did right before the season started. I had Burrow and Daniel Jones as my two quarterbacks. This was redraft, uh, redraft best ball. Um, so obviously I lost Daniel sick, Daniel Jones week six, and I lost Joe Burrow in week 10. So I'm kind of screwed there. I lost both of my quarterbacks, but I was like nine and one. I was one of the best teams in that league all season long. And I just kept being aggressive on the waiver wire. I picked up Browning. I picked up Flacco, Tommy DeVito, um, Nick Mullins towards the end of the season, a couple of those guys. Um, and just having those guys, like I stayed afloat and made, you know, I was still the one seed when it came to the playoffs. So I had a first round bye, and my quarterbacks, I'm looking at them. They're like Joe Flacco and Jake Browning and Tyrod Taylor. I'm like, man, how the hell am I surviving and winning in this league every single week still? Um, just by doing that. So that, that's a good example of, you know, just that best team on paper all season long might not be, but if you got to stay in it and stay, you know, vigilant on the waiver wire and get these guys. Yeah, for sure. And, and those guys can supplement those positions. Like exactly. it, not every single backup quarterback is going to, is going to be great. Like Nick mm-hmm. Mullins probably was right at the replacement level. But mm-hmm. um, Jake Browning was doing well. Like he was probably he was up there as a quarterback that actually could fight for being an average quarterback in, in your starting lineup. Which that was a great waiver wire gem. But you can't mm-hmm. necessarily predict those guys beforehand. So you just need to hoard them all. Right. And if you're the if you are the person willing to spend all of your fab and on just quarterback and not needing to get any other positions because you've had those solidified then you're golden and um, you're going to get them all. And that's how you're going to, you're going to keep that position afloat for you. Exactly. Um, All right. So we'll move on to another one of your leagues that you had brought up the South Harmon dynasty degenerates league. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk about this league as well. Yeah. So South Harmon dynasty degenerates was uh, a league that was created um, to boost the scoring of everything, not the quarterback. Um, So you can see it's a very heavy running back. It is like a start 16 best ball or something along those lines. And the, the scoring settings are basically if there was an option in sleeper for it to be turned on, it was turned on and there was a value in it of you get something for every first down, every rush, every reception, Mm -hmm. every big play. So it's a kitchen sink kind of league where everything is, everything is there. And you'll see this a lot in the kitchen sink leagues where the quarterback is below everything, including the tight ends. Mm. And, um, and so this is the kind of league where you really have to balance out where am I getting my quarterbacks and 
how many of them am I getting versus the other positions and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so when I did the startup draft in this league, I ended up with um, I had, this was January of 2023. So I ended up with Geno Smith and I ended up with like two quarterbacks. I didn't even know if they were going to start the following season. Mm -hmm. um, and I f forget who they were at this point. Um, but the way I ran with this league was was what we were talking about. Of I just grabbed all the guys off of waivers. I also held on to my draft picks, and I used those to pick myself up some quarterbacks towards the end and make sure that it, that I had that pos position solidified when it finally came time to to get into playoffs. Mm. And that's how I'm trying to approach this this kind of league. Is like even your your number one quarterback is worse than the number one and number two tight ends, worse than the number three wide receiver, worse than like the number six running back. Like all of it, when you're comparing across positions, there there comes a certain point where maybe it doesn't make sense to. To when you're if you're at pick 105, 106 in the startup, to be hammering away at that fifth or sixth quarterback because they don't really mean that much. It, I mean, the fifth or sixth quarterback in, in this league is all the way over like right. running back 20, mm -hmm. and and so you need to pay attention to your league and pay attention to hey, what is what is that difference? And most people draft the same regardless of what the league settings are, they go, Oh man, this guy's still here available in the fourth round. I got to get him." Mm. And it's the couple managers in the league that look at warp that understand what it's actually saying. Like, cause this was a South Harmon league. Like everyone could have access to the warp charts right. and look at them and understand them, but they get so in their head about, Hey, this is where somebody should go that they don't extrapolate that back out to, hey, in the context of the league, where should they be going? Right, yeah. And so you can get a lot of value just by understanding something like this. And even though we're talking about, we're just talking about quarterback here, understanding that I don't need these top-level quarterbacks if mm -hmm. I'm getting all this value, especially at the running back in this league, because running back is so juiced. Yeah. Um, and you can punt quarterback and figure it out later because if you were to punt running back and try to figure it out later, now the rest of your league has a one up on you and you're going to have to claw your way back as everyone figures out that, oh, yeah, if I if I hand you Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard is scoring me 25 points a game. Right. Um, and even though in a normal league, he's only scoring you 15. Right. And so, so that sort of thing is is what you're you're going to have to mm -hmm. to to fight against. And so, you really that's what warp is good for is telling mm -hmm. you this is where you need to pick your battles. This is where you need to place your value. And mm -hmm. when we're looking at this, we can say, all right, quarterback seventeen or sixteen with, with this one. The quarterback sixteen is our cutoff. We want to have probably two guys above that. And we'll we'll fill in the rest of it because we want to go as lean at quarterback as possible to be able to invest it into these running backs and get a couple wide receivers on the way, get a couple tight ends along the way. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And just by, like I said, having this warp tool, if you're in one of these absolutely crazy scoring setting leagues, like this is going to help you. It's going to identify, hey, I should be investing all my picks and all that into running backs or tight ends or receivers, whatever the, the point is. And you can see how devalued the quarterback is compared to the other positions. So definitely helps you with roster construction and getting your balance right. So and I will and I will say as much as you might think that, oh, I know how to how to read this league based on the scoring settings. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can pretty accurately predict the warp chart for a league just by looking at the scoring settings. Mm-hmm. But there's been some leagues where I've looked at the warp chart and it's been totally different from what I expected just because some of the values, maybe the the rushing attempts rather than being the standard 0.25 it's up Mm -hmm. at 0.5 and you're like oh running back is going to be super juiced from this and all of a sudden it's like no that doesn't happen as much for whatever reason or or something like that and so there will sometimes be things where it's like different settings might cancel each other out and and you can't really predict some of that stuff that well but the the warp tool it goes through and it's all math based it's not coming up with something based like i didn't program in hey i like uh, these settings are going to boost this position up this much or anything like that it's based on the the actual scoring of the players mm-hmm. and so with so no matter what settings you toss into it all it's doing is going okay this setting makes all the running uh, uh, makes the running back score this many more points when they do these actions mm-hmm. and then it's still using the the total statistics that they did over the season and spitting that that number out to you mm-hmm. and so uh, so sometimes the the mathematical number and i mean it's very analytical it's there is no it, there is nothing tied to it in terms of hey i think this player is going to do a little better next year or anything like that it's just raw in the past this is what happened this is what it looked like mm-hmm. and you get to apply your future your future casting to it um, but but warp is going to tell you the truth. What warps says this is what happened. This is in fact what happened. And so if you want to go against it and if, and say I'm going to do something totally different, you need to tell yourself a story of why that's going to change. Mm-hmm. And so in our case, maybe you predicted the NFL the defenses were going to do a lot better. They were going to they were going to hamper the QBs on um, coming out of 2021. And so you decided not to invest in QB. You're probably doing uh, doing much better uh, now than all the people who were heavily investing into QBs and in lead up to 2022. Mm-hmm. But you need to tell yourself that story. You can't yeah. tell yourself, "Oh, this league I don't care what warp says wide receivers are or quarterbacks are king in in this league that we're looking at right now because mm-hmm. they just aren't. Yeah. No, you have to be flexible with your your picking. Like if I saw a warp like this, man, I'm, you know, I'm taking running backs, you know, those top receivers, you know, with my first couple picks and whatever quarterbacks fall to me, fall to me. I will let somebody you know, overdraft Tua and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence and these guys that usually are, you know, top two round draft picks. Like I wouldn't touch those guys till probably like round four or five. And the other thing is the more people take those guys when they're like, man, uh, Jordan Love should not be hanging out here at the, the end of the third round. Well, when they take them, that's yet another player who's, yeah, who's is a warp difference maker 
that is falling to you. Yep. And just looking at the left side of the screen here, look at this. Four quarterbacks in the top 22 overall players. Then uh, Patrick Mahomes was player uh, 40 overall. Just think about that in any of these other leagues that we looked at um, in super flex leagues and whatnot. Four quarterbacks only in the top 22 in this league. That's crazy. I mean, Josh Allen is the top quarterback. Yeah, and he's at 10. 10. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. you have you have nine skill position players that are higher than Josh Allen. Like, that's... Right. Uh, that is some wild scoring in this Absolutely. league. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you're in any of these wild scoring leagues like this, this tool is going to help you so much. So I would definitely recommend um, getting into it. Uh, one more league that we're going to look at here is another league that I made up um, before we came on here. And this one was a start two quarterback league. So let me pull uh, this league here. So, yeah, so this one was start two. Uh, what else did I have in here? Start two, six point per passing touchdown. You're going to need to hit the calculate button again, Eric. Oh, okay. Um, calculate again, sorry. Um, 0.25 for carry, 0.15 for passing first down, 0.25 for rushing first down. So that's what we're looking at here on this league. And as you can see here, you know, these quarterbacks are still pretty king, especially – when you have to start too. Now, does this adjust for how many you have to start? It, um, in a way, yes. So okay. what it accounts for is, um, how what is the optimal uh, number of players that should get started in terms of how many players should fall into flex spots? Gotcha. In okay. most leagues, the super flex spot might as well be a second quarterback spot right? because right. the scoring of quarterbacks in most leagues is, is so much higher than your running backs, wide receivers and tight ends mm -hmm. uh, that you want to have a second quarterback there. Mm -hmm. If you had say an eight team uh, start eight, but there's the last flex is a super flex. It might make sense to start some wide receivers or running backs there over starting quarterback 20 on the week or something like that. Right, and so right. that's where, and so it will account for that. Um, okay. But in this case, um, it, if you have a two quarterback league, it's going, yep, you have to start two quarterbacks. And so replacement player is going to be quarterback 25. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, as we can see here with these top quarterbacks, I mean, it's pretty much kind of the same that we've been looking at. Um, familiar names are all in this top, you know, 10 or so. So, uh, nothing too crazy there. Let's take a look at the, um, work table here and we'll get a better look, uh, there. So yeah, so your Josh Allen, your Jalen Hurts, and like I was talking about earlier, here's player two, player three, four, seven overall, tenth overall. So in these leagues, obviously your quarterbacks are going to go a lot higher compared to that other league that we just looked at. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it it changes a little bit, but you know you see the the warp here for these guys. Um, we're pretty close to what we had before, and like our other leagues, so, so it didn't like increase it too much with the extra bonuses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on the level of bonuses, too. Um, so, right. like, just because you have a bonus turned on doesn't necessarily mean that that position is going to be boost, boosted higher than the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and and so you, you have to balance out uh, 
all those settings and that's what the the warp tool is good for is like okay the bonuses weren't enough to usurp quarterback is the is the king position so mm -hmm. quarterback is still the king position um Absolutely. but as you get into uh potentially higher bonuses okay quarterback's going to get bumped down and maybe you don't need to invest in josh allen jalen hurts lamar jackson mm -hmm. patrick mahomes those those sorts of guys is as your top picks mm -hmm. um but in this sort of league this is the kind of league that if I've got a derby, gosh, I'm hoping I'm choosing in the top three uh, picks in that derby. So that way I can get a top three pick in the startup. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm smashing one of those top three or four quarterbacks, getting those guys locked into my roster. Absolutely. Great with you on that. Um, all right. So I think we've kind of looked at through all of our leagues. Is there any other takeaways from warp or anything else that you want to talk about with the quarterback warp before we uh, start wrapping it up here? Um, the, the biggest thing that, um, I want to say about, uh, say about warp with the quarterback is I made a point earlier about how the defenses have been shutting down offenses more mm -hmm. and how that has affected the quarterbacks and that they've not been scoring as many points. And so their warp has really gotten reduced Um, that is something that is, it's cyclical in the NFL. The NFL goes through cycles where the offenses figure out how to play better than the defenses, and then the defenses figure out how to play better than the offenses. We're in one of those cycles right now where the defense is playing better than offense. Hmm. And so um, that's something to just keep in mind that at some point it's going to turn around. Offense is going to figure out how to how to start doing more. We're going to have more of these uh, these bigger passing games, these multi-touchdown pass passing games, um, and... Uh, and when that happens, you're going to you're going to start to see everything shift towards maybe this league that three years ago uh, 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 in 2023, the quarterbacks were way less than all the other positions. But when we mm -hmm. get to 2026, maybe the quarterback is now the top position to have in, in this kind of league. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that you kind of need to revisit year after year. Um, and reevaluate, okay, how did this past year affect things? Mm -hmm. um, and also do that partway through the season. How is this season affecting things? How does this compare to the previous year, what I was building off of? Mm -hmm. um, and you might need to adjust a little bit as the season goes on, just based on the overall trends in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, so right here before we get wrapped up, I just want to talk over a couple things here going on at South Harmon. Uh, right now, obviously, I just showed you guys pretty much a lot of the warp tool. Um, you can use it for sleeper and MFL. Uh, get warp values for all of your leagues, as you saw. Uh, what you should be rostering. We didn't really talk about the roster construction tab, but that's there. Um, also, the new tab up here, available players. So if you go to your league here, um, it'll give you a list of uh, who's the best available, right? Uh, available table. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So this league is a league I just created. So nobody's on rosters. If I go to um, one of my other leagues here that has available players. <clears throat> yeah. So this is showing me who's the best available on warp of who is on free agents and stuff like that. And it's perfect for startups right now too. So um, this will, uh, how how often does this update when you're uh, like doing a startup? Instantly. 
As soon as the okay. pick is made, hit the calculate warp button and it will update. And it'll fix it. Okay, yeah. So if you're start doing a startup right now, you can go ahead and use this warp tool um, while you're in the startup. Like Koopa said, go ahead and hit calculate warp after each pick and it'll update and show you, hey, this is the best guy available uh, for warp you know, that's a left available. So very, very nice addition to uh, the warp tool by Koopa there. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to get this warp tool, it is six ninety per month, or you could get a full year for $69 as well. Um, there's also Dynasty Mind Warp, the video series with Adam and Scott Connor. Um, they go over this entire warp tool. They teach you everything you need to know um, for certain leagues, how to use the tool, all that stuff. There's different versions of that as well. So if you want to use the audio-only version, that's $25. Video version only is $69. I think there's like 25 hours of video there for you guys uh, to consume. And then um, $125, that gets you the video series plus the warp tool for a full year. So if you guys are interested in getting the warp tool or getting the Dynasty Mind Warp video series, um, you can do that. There's different bundles that you can do. Um, also, the lab, um, which is formerly our sleepier tool. Basically, it's a league manager tool. You can see all your shares currently in sleeper leagues only right now. Um, each player you own, where you rank in certain leagues in comparison to your competition. Um you know, and just you get all kinds of good information on that. So it's kind of just like a league manager tool. See where you stack up against your um, opponents. That's also a great tool. Um, also, obviously, our Patreon, uh, where you can get access to the whole South Harmon community. So look up, you know, South Harmon on Patreon. Um, come join our Discord. You know, you can get in the trade channels, post your trades to get on the trade show that Adam and Mike do. Uh, we got mock drafts every single money Monday that Mike is running. Uh, I believe that's a certain tier that you got to be in to do that. Um, but yeah, you can come join us in the, the live YouTube and participate in the live mock drafts that we do every single Monday. Um, you also get the uh, the shit rankings that myself, Adam, Mike, Koopa, Christian, and Dynasty Barry are all on. I believe that's the $8 tier. You'll get access to our shit rankings. Um, there's prospect rankings on there. There's Debbie rankings on there as well. So all that is on there. Um, there's tiers for as cheap as a dollar all the way up to $25 on the Savage tier. So make sure you guys check that out as well if you haven't joined us. And then the newest, newest thing that we just added uh, recently, if you go to our YouTube um, at South Harmon FF, we just posted a couple team reviews that we did um, for some of our uh, customers. So if you guys want to get a team review done for your teams, um, now is your chance to do it between myself Adam, Mike, and Koopa will give you about a 30 to 40 minute review. Sometimes they go a little bit longer um, of a team that you want to uh, have us look over. If you'd like to join us on the review, um, you're more than welcome to join us as well for a little extra money on that. You can ask us live questions, what we think about certain things, how we would do some trades, how are we going to use your draft picks, stuff like that. Um, We'll help you out with your team-specific needs, recommended trades, um, what you should be building towards in the future. Just answer all your questions that you have. Go to the SouthHarmonFF.com website or go to DynastyTeamReview.com, um, and that'll take you right to the uh, the page as well. And you can sign up for a uh, Dynasty Team Review. And I, like I said, I just did one. Koopa, I saw you just posted one as well. Um, I think Adam and Mike just did one too. So if you want to check it out, what it's all about, go on to our South Harmon FF YouTube and check that out it's pretty cool i've uh how, how, how did you go did you like doing yours yeah it, 
it was fun. I, I had a, a good team to play with. Uh, mm. Those of you who remember uh, last August, it, it, I think it was, uh, there was a Dynasty startup with a QB horde that caused uh, a, a man named Stapa to leave the league because <laughs> of the QB horde that was happening. Mm. Well, I reviewed the team that, that did that QB horde. Oh, jeez. Nice. That's and also he, perfect. He's, he has set it up quite well. Um, I'll say that. Go go watch the the team review to see everything that I was looking at for his team and what what he can do to turn that thing into a full on contender. Nice, nice. Yeah, I did one for Slendmo too. Um, really liked his team as well. I think he's going in good. Uh, he's got a good spot with draft picks and stuff. So I think he's got a really good shot to contend this year. So yeah, definitely check those out. Um, and then last thing, America's favorite game. You want to do that before we get out of here? That sounds good. All right. Um, so obviously it's Super Bowl week, so we got to do a Super Bowl question. What was your favorite Super Bowl you've ever watched, or either as a fan that you were excited for or just one that you liked in general? I mean, uh, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show uh, that I'm a 49ers fan, and I grew up right near Baltimore. So that 49ers Arbol, the uh, 49ers-Ravens, uh-huh. that was uh, – Probably the most memorable memorable Super Bowl um, it, it, for me, just because I mean, a big Super Bowl party that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that I went to. But I was the lone 49ers fan <laughs> that that was there, and uh, it, at least the Ravens are my number two team. So like, okay, it wasn't as bad when they pulled it out at the end, but uh, at halftime in that game, like that. The, like feeling good like man i'm the one person that's happy and excited about how the game's going you have the light cut out in the middle of that game and right uh and the game gets delayed for like 15 minutes or something like that like uh, that's the one that sticks out to me the most and it does it always helps when the game is really close right up to the end and that there's there's a there's a good attempt to win and the defense holds and, right yeah, that was a that was a crazy game, man. Um, especially with all the um, Ray Lewis coming into that game, you know, his last game mm-hmm. probably all that he's going to retire at the end of the season. So um, I was always a big Ray Lewis fan, so it was nice to see that, uh, see him get that final win. And they were, God, they were like what the four seed going into that playoffs. They weren't very high. Yeah, yeah they, they. I think they got in as a wild card, and then they just oh, okay. That's what it ran was. the gauntlet on the from that and but ray lewis had announced he he was retiring like halfway through the season season, or something like that and so it it was essentially the run for ray lewis like Mm. hey this is his last uh, this is his last chance to get a super bowl where we got to get ray lewis uh, one uh, that one more ring and what what year what year was that 2012 i think Maybe 2013. It might have been the 2012 season and the 2013 Super Bowl. Um, um I'm gonna look it up. Let's see. Cause I, now I'm curious. Um, where they were. Uh, nope, it must have uh, been 2012. Let's see. 2012. <clears throat> yeah, they were the four. They were the they were the four seed, and they won the North. Um, so this was before they switched to seven seeds. So, yeah, they oh, played. Okay. They played that first game against Indianapolis in the wild card game, and then they had the crazy game against Peyton Manning's Broncos, where Flacco threw the hell married to um, 
Oh, what the hell is his name that I'm blanking on? Um, the kick, the that kick returner. Yeah, uh, Jacoby Jones. Yes, is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, he threw that bomb to him, uh, seventy yards to win that game in Mile High. Uh, then they went to the ASC Championship game again for a second year in a row. Uh, to go play New England, and they went on down and beat uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots, and then went on to the Super Bowl to beat the 49ers. So, uh, yeah, that was a magical run from the four seed for sure. I, I uh, remember that all those games pretty pretty vividly. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if we end up with. Uh, I mean, I guess we wouldn't be getting a hard bowl, but we could get some hard championships or something mm-hmm. like that <laughs> uh, yeah. off of the uh, Chargers and Ravens. Right. Right. Uh, assuming Jim comes in and turns that team around. Right. Um. So for mine, I I, I go with um. My my favorite memory, obviously, was the Eagles' first time getting in against the Patriots in '03 or '04, whichever one it was. Uh, for me, as a fan, that was my big one. Even though they lost it, um, you know, just three years of heartbreak in a row, losing in the NFC Championship game when they probably had the best team, you know, all year in those those uh, ones, um, and then obviously getting past the Falcons. Going to the Super Bowl to play the Patriots didn't end how we wanted it to. Um, so that one was the most memorable for me as a fan. As just a person who loves football, I think one of the greatest Super Bowls was the uh, Steelers and the Cardinals. I think that was 08. Um, I would argue yep. has the greatest play in Super Bowl history, the James Harrison 100-yard yep. run. Um, that was going into halftime where right. if he got downed one yard short. There yeah, wasn't even like points. a no points for, yeah. at all. Like it wasn't even a chance to score right. a touchdown, kick a field goal, anything like that. And I would argue the greatest throw and the greatest catch in NFL history happened in that game too, where Roethlisberger threw that ball to Santonio Holmes in the corner. And he just basically mm-hmm. was on his tiptoes and caught it. Um, there's a certain version of that um, that throw. I saw it at the Hall of Fame where they show it from the corner of the end zone, and it's just he threw it just absolutely on a dime, on a rope, uh, through three Cardinals players. I don't know how he got them through there. Uh, right to Holmes, who's on his tippy toes, catching that ball for the touchdown. So that was absolutely uh, crazy. So. Yeah, you even had the uh, the slant from Larry Fitzgerald that just it, you yeah. thought that the Steelers were going to be rough because right at the beginning of the game, it, it slant to Larry Fitzgerald that goes like sixty yards to the house. Yeah, like and it, that it kind of set the tone for like okay, we're going to have a lot of big plays this game. Yeah, I think that, that was in the James the, Harrison and I want to say that Fitzgerald one was in the second half, and that's how the Cardinals started coming back. Maybe. I think that's I, I, how that one happened. Uh, I, was like I'm right just remembering the play. Right. It was one of those things where you saw him catch the ball. You're like, oh, it's a slant. And he's gonna, he's about to get walloped by the safety. And the safety yeah. just missed him. And, he and it's Larry Fitzgerald. Like, he's not some speed burner like, you know, uh, Steve Smith or, you know, whoever. He's not a speed burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, him taking it there. You know, that was a Kurt, another Kurt Warner team, man. Kurt Warner. um 
resurrected his career that season too. So yeah, that was just a, um, like I said, I can argue the greatest play, the greatest catch and the greatest throw all in the same game. So um, that one's always stood out to me, even though I absolutely hate the Steelers Cardinals, whatever. I don't care for them that much either. Um, I, I, I'll admit that that's probably greatest, those three greatest plays all in the same game. So that's the one always stuck out to me. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for us on this one. Uh, anything you got to uh, share or bring up before we uh, get out of here, Koopa? Um, I just want to say go check out the website, southharmonff.com. We've got most everything linked on there. So yeah. if, you, if you just remember going to southharmonff.com, you can go and find everything else that we've been talking about. Right. And are you, uh, is it Koopa Troopa 8 on, on Twitter as well? It is at Dynasty Koopa. Yeah, um, Dynasty Koopa, that's right. So, yeah. Uh, they go on there. Uh, I I don't tend to post too much, but when I do, it's usually something good. Like it'll maybe be uh, once right. uh, once a month I'll post something. You'll be <laughs> like, "Ooh, that's an interesting nugget that like Scoopa's posted." So I'm a pretty right. easy follow. Okay. Uh, it, I won't I won't clog up your feed. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So make sure you give him a follow there. You can follow me at Eric Vanek NFL. Uh, follow the show at America's Game Pod as well. At South Harmon FF on Twitter and YouTube as well. Like I said, uh, we're posting up the Dynasty team reviews. You can see what they're all about. If you're interested in purchasing one, you can purchase one. And uh, the Warp Tool, uh, we just kind of give you guys a crash course into it of how it works, how it looks. And uh, it's a tool that you're definitely going to use for all your leagues. So I definitely recommend it. Go check it out. Um, $6.90 a month, $69 for the year. So you can't beat that price uh, to help you win some Dynasty Leagues this year. So um, with that, thank you, Koopa. We'll have you back next month when we do the Running Back Warp Show. Uh, So I appreciate having you on, man. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So um, until next week, guys, we'll see you. Have a good one.